Thank you for listening to Live, Love, Give, Lead. I'm Brandy. And I'm Devon. And we are two entrepreneurs with a passion for supporting women in their personal and professional lives. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Live, Love, Give, Lead. I'm Brandy, and Devon is not with me today. We are in separate places because of COVID-19, navigating through, you know, some business things and um, really some exciting things. But um, I am very, very uh, pleased to announce our special guest for this episode. Uh, With me today, I have Arielle Taub. So Arielle, thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing pretty good. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Um, I am super excited to have you on and thank you so much for agreeing to do this uh, with us. I just wanted to uh, start by, you know, having you introduce yourself. So if you could tell our audience who you are and what you do, that would be great. So I'm Ariel Taub, and I have a luxury bridal accessory brand. It's mainly in bridal, but it's kind of expanded into the fashion jewelry industry as well. Uh, It consists of veils, clutches, jewelry, belts, sashes, everything basically but the dress and shoes. I love it. And it's funny because our background is how we met is a funny story. Um. And it, it started actually, remember, with me reaching out to you yes. uh, for a photo shoot. So yes. uh, we, we, you know, started out uh, in business as, uh, you know, business acquaintances and then became friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I was putting together a styled shoot and uh, it was for bridal for portfolio purposes when I was a makeup artist and um you know, you agreed to allow me to use, you know, your items in the shoot. And that's how this whole thing began. Yeah. Long time ago. Yes. Quite a while. Actually. <laughs> um, I'm really excited, you know, to share your story today because, you know, as a small business owner and so much of our audience, you know, um, are, are women and women in business and in leadership positions. And so, you know, just hearing um, other ladies stories and being able to glean some insightful information on you know what you do in business and in your personal life uh, that's always the goal in these episodes Mm -hmm. and so I'm really excited for you to share a little bit more about you know the scope of your business so can you tell me a little bit more about you know what does it involve so everything is done uh in Michigan I have I do all the designing myself. My team does the production here. We do the sales here, do the shipping here. So everything is kind of done in-house, which I love. Um, I really wanted to avoid doing things overseas and keeping everything here locally. And uh, so currently I'm more of a business to business platform. Uh, I am expanding, especially due to the COVID-19 times we have and brick and mortar is not really being open to an e-commerce platform, which is very new to my brand. Uh, But for how many years I've been doing this, I basically have been a wholesale company and I love it and I love to design and just have my ideas come to life. I think that's amazing. I love that, you know, in you talking about the scope of your business, 
you highlighted one of your values, which is to like stay local and keep things as far as production is concerned housed in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, What what led you to, you know, wanting to do that? So when I was in uh, graduate school at Parsons in New York, I did a internship at a children's wear company and it was very rare to find anything done in the U.S. And they actually had their production was overseas, but their sample room was in the U.S. Um, And it was right inside of where we were working. And to be able to see the interaction and how quickly you could get changes made and the quality control and, you know, they perfected everything before they had sent it overseas for production. It just was so much more efficient and the quality you get to control that, which I love. And it's so much nicer to be able to see everything from start to finish, as opposed to being nervous as to what's being done overseas. And obviously I also love to be able to support locally and bring the jobs here too. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And and something that's really important in business is being able to, you know, at least monitor, control the quality of your product. Uh, and so I, I see a lot of value in, you know, being able to produce everything in-house, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, and control that. I, I think that's really important to keep your eyes open as a business owner to ways that you can you know, consistently refine your process so that you know the outcome that your customers are going to get. Well, and you also don't have to wait for customs. So especially with situations that we've been having right now, um, you know, there's delays in production overseas because of their initial outbreak. And obviously we're having our own delays here due to everything going on being closed. But in general, you don't have to wait for customs. You don't have to worry about tariffs. You, you know, you get a lot more control of your overall product. Yes, that is great. So can you tell me a little bit about what your journey, you know, has been getting you to this point of opening opening your own business? And obviously you've been in business for quite a while now. So tell me a little bit about what got you to this point. So it's been a long journey. Um, it's definitely not something that open happens overnight. I uh, knew I always wanted to do something in fashion since I was a little kid. I was one of those kids, you know, sketching and drawing. And I had these Barbie stencils and always loved to draw clothing. And uh, when I was in undergrad at U of M, I was studying art history. I still knew I wanted to go into fashion. And so I did as much as I could on the side. Uh, Before I went to school there and high school, I did summer classes at CCS. So I kind of always dipped myself as much as I could where I could into the fashion design. And uh, when I was an undergrad, I had the opportunity to make my sister's wedding veil. And which was a funny story on its own. And I fell in love and it was one of those things that was so nice to be, even though it was a small part of her day, you're still in, it's a big part as well. And I didn't know at the time that's what I was going to end up doing. But so I had my experience then. And then graduates, when I went to graduate school at Parsons, I loved theater and high fashion and kind of fell in love with the bridal world because it's a nice blend of the two industries and it's basically people will go above and beyond and they'll wear it and it's a fantasy. So I originally started out doing dresses because I thought that's what I wanted to do. And that's where the creativity was. And I ended up just doing fails on the side as just a side hustle. And I had gotten my dresses into a few stores and it was one of those things I was still kind of figuring out what I wanted to do in the industry and a local store here ended up falling in love with my accessories. 
And I had worked privately with them for a few years. And in doing so, I had realized that there was a creative market for it and that everyone was doing cookie cutter veils and no one was really going outside the box. So I kind of felt like, huh, there is an opportunity to put my art into it. And so for three years, I worked privately with them. I worked with the brides. I got to kind of see what was out there and test my product on them and really worked hard to make sure I had a good product before I launched. And then in January 2013, I got the opportunity to meet with Kleinfeld and show them my collection, which I was very freaked out about since they were basically my second store I was meeting. And uh, <laughs> they fell in love with the product. And from there, I kind of knew I had something. If one of the biggest stores was interested in the line and that fall, I ended up going to Bridal Fashion Week in New York and I've been doing it ever since. That's a great story. I, I love that it started, you know, from childhood because, but still captures the essence of, you know, why people start businesses, which is, you know, finding a need or seeing a problem or, you know, white space, right, that mm -hmm. you can fill. Yeah. Um, and so you definitely found that with veils because I can, I can say myself, you know, when I met you and um, just, I'm of course a huge fan of your work. Yeah. Being able to see how unique and interesting, you know, your accessories uh, are, uh, was definitely something that I, um, you know, just I definitely could see why people would want that, you know, to show off more of their personality in their bridal attire through their accessories and not just the dress. So Thanks. I love that you found that white space, even though this is something that you wanted to do from, you know, a child. Do you feel like um, you always knew you wanted to be a business owner? Uh, because obviously no. you could have worked <laughs> under a designer, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, what was that, what was that process? Uh, I never actually would have, if you would have asked me when I was a kid, no. I mean, my goal was to work for some fashion brand or, I mean, I, when I was a kid, I just knew I wanted to work in the industry. But even, um, even though I was in school, I just planned on working for a fashion brand. I can actually thank my husband <laughs> for the fact mm -hmm. that I have my own business today. Because when we were dating at the time, he didn't want to move to New York. And um, when I also graduated too, it was the height of the recession in 2008. And so no one was really hiring. And my parents were basically like, we're not gonna pay you, you know, pay to support you so you can be an intern for a year because there was not really any jobs at the time. And so basically the only way you could get a job too was just to be a free intern for a year. And uh, my husband also didn't wanna necessarily move out there. And so, I came back home and decided, all right, there's not really any fashion jobs that I had known at the time in Michigan. And so I said, all right, I'll give myself six months, figure out what I can do here. And if I can't figure it out, then I'm going back to New York and I'll go work for a company. And uh, I was lucky enough that in six months, I kind of dipped my toes in different areas. Like I said, I started out doing gowns and I was working with the store privately. And then I got lucked out with the store with the accessories and it took off. And I just worked my butt off for six months to see if I could make it work, and I did. That's amazing. I love that you gave yourself a hard timeline. I think that's sometimes important because a lot of a lot of people in general in business, you know, it's not always your first business that works. Yeah. Lucky for you, it yeah. was, right? Yeah. Um, but had it not worked, you at least had a timeline to say, okay, if these six months are up and it doesn't work, mm -hmm. then I'm on to the next thing. And I think that's really important because again, not everyone is so lucky with their first business. Right. Um, 
and I know Devon, if she were here, she would say that, <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes you have to, and you can have success. It doesn't mean you can't be successful, uh, but it may not be exactly what you thought or imagined or, you know, sustainable in the long haul. So, right. um, giving yourself that time to just figure it yeah. out, especially in a non, you know, fashion driven, uh, market in the Midwest, that, that was a great, well, know, it makes uh, it, great way it definitely makes you work a lot harder too. Um, you know, you have to dedicate it to it. And I was working a full-time job and I started doing this. So this was, you know, I wasn't sleeping. So it was one of those things right. where, and it wasn't even in six months where it was necessarily sustainable, but I could tell that it was growing and it was working. That's awesome. So tell me about, you know, what, what have been your biggest challenges or growing pains in this process? Because maybe a lot of people are thinking like, wow, six months and it was off the ground. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> so what challenges have you had in this process? I mean, there's a lot. So obviously it's, you know, financially hard, which is why I was working a full-time job. And I worked that full-time job for a long time. I did retail for 10 years before you know, and during the time I was doing this, I think it was about a year that I was still working retail full time. So this was what I was doing on my nights and weekends or whatever hours I wasn't working. And I was basically, you know, I lived at home. I took the money I made for my job and reinvested it into the business. And it was a sacrifice I had to make for years. Uh, but it gave me the ability to put the money back into the business, which is a hard decision, especially not being able to separate your work life from personal life. And, uh, you know, having the guts and the confidence to even start it is a hard thing and to continue to push yourself. So yes, I was very lucky, I admit, with getting Kleinfeld as my second store. But like I said, too, for three years, I worked privately for a store, just doing what I could and researching. And, you know, it it takes a long time for a brand to become sustainable. It's not going to be a year. It's not going to be two. It's going to be a lot. And you just have to keep pushing through and try to find the positives. And I had to research a lot. And it's one of those things where you're not going to get a yes every time. And, you know, again, I was very lucky with that first yes, but it's not like that every time. And you have to put yourself out there and figure out, you know, continue to keep going, even if it's not always that positive. Yeah, I think that's so true, because even if you get that first yes, right, and it's, you know, wow, this is an ideal scenario for me, uh, you still have to think about sustainability and in, in the future of your business. Right. And you can't rely on one one source. Correct. So, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I can see that. Um, what personal issues, because you mentioned you know, not really having that balance because you're reinvesting everything in the business and um, looking for balance uh, in your work or business life and your personal life. What kind of personal challenges did you face, you know, in that process? I mean, basically that. So, you know, when you're spending your every waking moment, basically from one job to the next, it's very hard to find that balance of setting time aside and, giving yourself that time that you need so you don't burn out. And I'm still learning that. And, you know, I try to at least take, I've gotten to the point now where I kind of force myself at least one day over the weekend to, you know, really just take the day off. And that's taken me years to learn how important that is. And, 
you know, you want to spend time with your family, you need to take care of yourself. And it takes a while to kind of remind yourself to do that when you get absorbed into something like this. Yeah, absolutely. Because especially if you're, you know, working from home or, you know, a lot of your time is spent in your place of business, it's easy to just get caught up. You don't even realize what time it is. And, you don't disconnect because you love it. Right? Yeah. And so. the other issue too, is sometimes when it's in your home too, it's hard disconnecting the two because, you know, I knew my work was in my house. It was like, well, I shouldn't be taking time off. I should be working. And that's something I had to really teach myself. Like, no, you're allowed to take a break just because it's here. doesn't mean you have to do it 24 seven. That's great. I think that's a huge struggle for a lot of, a lot of business owners. You know what I mean? Um, just, you know, valuing yourself enough to know that in order for you to perform your best work, you need time um, to to rejuvenate and refresh yourself. And you'll be so much uh, faster. There, right, exactly. Are there particular things that you do, especially because, I mean, you're on the creative side and you're also on the, you know, business logistics yeah, side, yeah. right? Um, so one man, yeah, exactly. right? What kinds of things do you do to stay, you know, um, inspired creatively, but also balanced in business. So I typically try to designate, you know, business is not, you know, my, my love is the creative side. And I, you know, I was lucky enough to take business classes when I was at U of M too. And I read the books dummy for business. And, you know, I just kind of read everything before I started to make sure I was doing things right. Um, and always listening to things like this and, I pretty much like to set aside my Mondays as like my paperwork and catching up on expenses. And I usually try to set aside a certain time that's for the business side. Uh, I don't have to be creative 24 seven, which is kind of nice too, because sometimes I need a break from that as well. I only have to be creative about once or twice a year in terms of the design side, since the collection only launches once or twice a year, which helps because sometimes by the time that collection's done, you're burnt out. But a lot of times what helps me is I'll go for a walk when it's nice outside. And that usually clears my head for designing. And I'll step outside and just kind of breathe and take a deep breath because I have to clear my head. Uh, but I definitely have to make sure I'm organized and I set a certain time that, okay, this is for the business, this is production, and then this is design. Right. Just making sure that you have almost like blocks of yeah. time. Uh, to accomplish the different components of what you exactly. have to do. So do you have a lot of support? And if so, or I guess it doesn't matter if you <laughs> yeah. do you have you support? Just need uh, and if so, who is that? I definitely do have a lot of support and I am very lucky and blessed for that. Um, obviously my husband is very supportive and has been since the day we were dating, which is part of the reason I fell in love with him because, you know, I'm this girl working on a, big dream and, you know, nothing to show for it yet. And uh, my family has been extremely supportive. And uh, again, I've been very blessed and the friends I've had along the way, including you have also been very supportive. So I've been blessed that people have supported me. Um, when I first started though, my one sister makes sure I tells the story every time I do any kind of interview. Uh, when she was getting married, the one who trusted me to make her wedding fail, my parents and my other sister, who was also getting married six months apart, were not as supportive at the time. And uh, she has said, I'll wear whatever you make for me. It'll be beautiful. I trust you. And I had no idea what I was doing. I never made a veil. 
And uh, so I researched and I did it. And my mom asked my other sister and, you know, she's like, no, she can't make it for me. And my parents kept saying to my sister, like, are you sure you don't want us to buy a veil? Like, we don't want to ruin your dress with what your sister's going to make. And she's like, no, I'll wear whatever she makes me. And uh, I made her veil and she loved it. And my mom told me she takes everything back. And, you know, from that day, that was always the joke that that one sister was the one who really believed in me. And my parents after that, you know, everyone came on board. So. <laughs> Well, I think that makes sense considering I started out by saying, do you have a lot of support? It's like, well, it doesn't always start. No, I had to prove it, but of course they supported me, but it was a different kind. So. That's right. Yeah, I think that's, you know, something that we always talk about on our show is you have to have that in some form, you know, and, and sometimes it's not your family. Sometimes it's your friends. Sometimes it's a community. So I think it's just a huge blessing uh, to be able to have people that believe in you uh, because it's fuel to believe in yourself, exactly. right? So is there anything that you or can you please share something with our audience um, for maybe, you know, a woman out there that's looking to start a business um, of her own or someone that's ready to make like, you know, a really big, uh, radical lifestyle change, uh, to be able to live their life to the fullest. What, what advice would you give? Uh, in terms of like running a business or just life in general? Uh, it could be both. I mean, if you're going to do the business and kind of just jump for it, do your research. I mean, like I had said, I had researched for a while and you don't have to research the same way I did, but read and listen to these kinds of things that Brandy's doing, which is great and do webinars and you need to be smart about it in order to do it right. And it's not one of those things where you can just, I'm going to make something pretty and put it out there. And of course that's part of it, but I researched a lot. I read a lot of books, you know, I went to bridal sh bridal markets in New York and Chicago before I even launched to go to those shows to see what does the trade show look like? What do other brands do? What do I need to save in order to do these trade shows? How do they work? Which is the right one for me? And if you're smart about it, then you know you're doing the right thing to get to that step of where you want your business to go. Definitely. Yeah, the research is really important um, because you may think you have a, a great product per se, uh, but when you look at the market as a whole, maybe it's too early for that product or too yeah. late or, you know, it's just not relevant. Um, so definitely, I think that's great advice to do the research. And how about for someone that wants to, you know, just drastically change their life uh, for the better because they want more. For then just themselves. follow your heart. I mean, you got to do what's right for you. I, like I had said, I had never dreamt of doing what I'm doing and I kind of just went for it. And, you know, part of that being able to just throw yourself out there and just do it, you know, there's never a better time. There's no time like today, like they say. And uh, you just got to, you just got to go for it. You know, it's scary and you may be second guessing yourself, but you'll never know unless you try doing whatever you want to do. That is definitely true. <laughs> Whenever, you know, uh, you think about just going for it and just doing it, I always think of Nancy. <laughs> I know that's a little silly. 
but I mean, the statement is really true. You just yeah. have to do it. And, and you do yeah. get scared. You know, I, I remember hearing that phrase before, you know, do it while yeah. you're afraid. Um, and, and even though not everyone may be afraid, uh, it's just, you know, you don't know what could happen. Exactly. And if it doesn't work, think of something else or just, you know, do what you want to do, you know, but at least you tried it and you know, you did either the outcomes. That's right. Give yourself. Exactly. Like yeah. Ariel. And if it doesn't work, yes. that's great. Well, thank you so much for of joining course. me uh, for this podcast episode. Um, I really want, you know, our audience to be able to continue to, um, you know, follow what you're doing after this podcast. Uh, so can you tell everyone where to find you on, you know, social online? Uh, so for Instagram, which I know is what most people use, it's Ariel Taub underscore accessories. And uh, the website is arieltaub.com, A-R-I-E-L-T-A-U-B. And all those different social media things too, you can also find on there. There's Facebook, there's uh, Pinterest, uh, I have a Twitter account, but I don't really use it. So, <laughs> but Instagram is kind of the biggest one. So, awesome. So, be sure to you know follow Ariel online um, and check out her amazing work. Truly, you have such a creative spin on accessories, and uh, you know I'm of course a huge fan, but I think so many people will be Thank also. You. Um, and it's just great to follow other people's journey, you know, as your business continues uh, to grow and thrive. I know you're in like multiple yeah. countries and across the yeah, states, yeah. right? So it's, it's been a, yeah. it's been interesting. It's been an interesting journey. Yes. I, I think for all of us. So uh, thank you again so much, Ariel. Um, it was a pleasure and thank you all for listening. We'd love to get your comments and feedback. Uh, on this uh, podcast episode and be sure to you know follow us on all the social platforms live love give lead bye thank you thank you thank you for listening please be sure to subscribe for weekly episodes and don't forget to visit our website for your free download on how to discover your true identity at liveloveGiveLead.com. of course you can always find us on facebook and instagram And as always, live your best life, love unconditionally, give generously, and lead by example.